Man, we'd be so much better off if we were more like Europe, wouldn't we, Stu? They oh, yeah. have That's a great point. they've got it down. Now, you don't see the millions in the street that are opposing the government or marching against this or that. You don't ever see that. It's just peace and harmony in uh, in Europe and and an acceptance and tolerance. It's know? a beautiful place to go to go for a stroll. Yeah. Right. With, right. A, you know, a few million of your closest friends. Right. You know, it's, it's and great. Bring a sign. Yeah. And it's and it's a great place. You know, if you're, you know, let's say uh, a parliament member, you know, just go for it. And if you're looking for a steak, maybe somebody will have a knife. Mm. They can uh, they can lend you put it right there in your chest. So, you know, right where it is. I mean, it's it's those kinds of things that make Europe so very special. Euro trash. We're looking for the answers in the wrong place. And are we starting to be more European than the Europeans? Answers in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So when you're driving down the road, you know, sometimes I think to myself, man, I wish that check engine light would come on, you know, it's been so long. And uh, I've had the car for a while. Oh, my, my gosh. Wait a minute. My warranty is out. And I really wish that check-in. Oh, it just came on. Isn't that great? That's usually when it happens when, uh, you know, you don't have a warranty. And when you just don't have the money. I love this. When you just don't have the money to fix your car. I don't care how rich you are. You never have money to fix your car. You're always planning on your car working. And I've I've never had my car break down and go, oh, my gosh. What a perfect time for my car to break down. However, uh, we can make it easier on you if you have CarShield. CarShield will help you get back on track when your car goes down. When your car is in the shop, you get a rental car. By the way, uh, I don't know if you've been reading the news, but your car may be in the shop for a while because auto parts are hard to find now. You can customize a plan with CarShield. It'll save you time, money, hassle. You're going to love CarShield, especially when that little light goes on. Visit carshield.com slash back and save 10% right now. Carshield.com slash back. Deductible may apply. David Harsani, senior writer of uh, National Review, author of Euro Trash, Why America Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. Uh, you can find David's work at nationalreview.com and his new book, Wherever Books Are Sold. Hello, David. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's always good to talk to you. Um, so, uh, tell me about the uh, the Euro trash because as I'm as I'm looking at Europe, I have seen Europeans say, "Oh my gosh, America has gone crazy," uh, and we're becoming so much like Europe. We are passing Europe in some ways, are we not? I think that's fair to say in some ways. I mean, when you look at this $3.5 trillion bill, it's a welfare state, cradle to grave, sort of European-style expansion of the state. But it's even worse because in Europe, at least they pay for that stuff. And, you know, in, in Denmark, in Denmark, a uh, person making, making 60 k will pay like 65% of his salary in taxes. But can you imagine an American doing that? And Bernie doesn't want us to. He just wants to either print more money or 
or David, 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 I've heard from the president. No joke. It's the truth, man. It's all paid for. It's not going to cost a dime. <laughs> Zero dollars. Zero dollars. Right. It's the same guy who told us that spending more money will help with him bring down inflation. So <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if he has his economics uh, facts <laughs> <laughs> or anything else, frankly. Uh, so um, why doesn't the socialist system that works in Sweden work here? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, scale. You're talking about I think Sweden has nine million people and it's the largest Nordic nation. You can't scale that kind of system. It would mean having a massive bureaucracy. But the other question is, why would I want it anyway? It's not as if they do anything better than we do. Certainly, they're not better at assimilating new people. They're not better at health care. They're not better at any of the things um, that, that we can quantify. And they're certainly not better at things we can't, like risk-taking and entrepreneurship. So I don't know why we'd want it, A, and B, I don't think that we could do it even if we wanted to. So, David, are we, uh, I mean, we are now talking about, um, what is it, unrealized gains in the stock market. For people like Elon Musk, who is, like him or not, he is changing the way things are happening in the world. Um, and he sees over the horizon, he sees a different, uh, a different future. And now we're talking about giving him uh, an extra tax on unrealized capital gains. That that's that's insane. That's a perfect example of, of a European mindset where when you when you think about innovation and technology, the top 30 technological company tech companies in the world, one is European Spotify and the rest are not. Most of them are American. Why do Europeans come here to start their companies? Tons of our biggest companies are, are started by immigrants or, or, or children of immigrants here. It's because of things like this. Taxing people's unrealized profits would um, undermine the risk-taking venture and undermines investment. And it's exactly the sorts of things they do in Europe. I mean, every country is a little different, but that's, that's the mindset over there. And we're bringing it over here. But, they're not, but they don't tax unrealized gains, do they? I mean, I, I've never heard of that before. How does that system even work? You go, your stock goes up, they, you pay income tax on it, then your stock goes down. Do they give that money back? What, I mean, how does that work? No, because these are, these are parlors. These are tricks to try to tax rich people. Whereas in Europe, they just do it. You know, right. We're honest about it. Right. Um, so yeah. Until they start driving the people out. So have you right. ever, have you ever seen a president uh, or really anyone do what Biden did when he went over to Europe and tried to get the Europeans to agree on a baseline corporate tax so no one would be stealing corporations from from each other. You'd trap them never. in the countries. Never, never. I just don't even understand. I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about one world government. And sometimes it's down a little bit nutty, but I have to say when you have uh, the United States trying to create a worldwide tax system, um, to, to, to stop competition, which is what that does. I, I just can't think of any American president that's done that. That would have been something that would lose you the election immediately. I mean, I, I just think I, I just I can't, there's nothing I can even compare it to. I think one of the worst things that we have seen um, and, and Afghanistan didn't help us on any front. I mean, we have now lost the, 
the moral center of the United States. I mean, and a lot of people had been convinced that, you know, America wasn't moral. And, and in many ways, we haven't been for quite some time. Uh, but we at least would go into Afghanistan and we would uh, help our allies. We would help women and children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we don't have that moral high ground anymore for our military. I don't think we're trusted anymore. And the other thing that is horrible is people used to view this country as a land of opportunity. Now they view us as a, a racist state. Yeah, they do. But still, people stream to our borders to come in because it's just not true. And, you know, by any, again, quantifiable measure, and I go into this pretty deeply in the book, we are far less racist and more tolerant than any place. In my neighborhood, for instance, I live among people who would be killing themselves in many other situations and they live peacefully here, send their kids to the same schools, etc. Um, but it is true that people think of, of us that way um, wrongly. Show and me. I believe that. Yeah. Show me how they're more. Uh, we're more tolerant than Europe, because that's not what you hear ever. Well, let's talk about immigration then. You know, I'm, legal immigration, not not uh, illegal immigration, but. Think about assimilation. In Europe, there are places in outside of Paris, outside of Berlin and elsewhere where there are basically ghettos, generational ghettos of high unemployment. I don't mean, you know, 10 percent. I mean, 35, 40 percent um, that where people don't speak the language of the country, where they don't accept the customs and the ideals of the country. Uh, you know, people say diversity is our strength here. That's just a trope. I mean, what our strength here is that we have a diverse types of people who accept the same foundational ideas about living together or they used to um, in Europe. You don't have any of that. These countries can't assimilate any group in a healthy way. And we do it all the time when, when we do it right. Um, Why is that? Just, Why is that? I think we were built for it, frankly. I mean, some of this is just structural problems. You have Hungary. Hungary has an ethnicity. It has a culture. It goes back a long time. There are, they have grudges that go back a thousand years. It's not as easy for them to accept other people. It is for us. But, you know, I'll give you one quick uh, poll number. In France, 27% of people say they wouldn't want to live next to someone who wasn't like them. Race, religion, whatever. In America, that number is 1%. Now, maybe wow. some people are lying, but at least they know that that's the right thing to say. That's the credo. That's the way we live here. And Europe just isn't that way. And people go to like the tourist spots and they think that's Europe, but that's not Europe. Mm. Talk to David Arsani of National Review. Uh, David, one of the things I think is fascinating, and it's totally against the narrative that we hear from the media, is we need to be more enlightened like, uh, like Europe is. And one of the big issues they talk about is abortion. Like, we, why don't we have women's rights like they do in Europe? Why don't we have abortion that anyone can get at any time? That's what Europe is like. They're ahead of us, and they understand real women's rights. Is that actually accurate? No. Europe, one of the better things they do better than us, actually, is have stricter abortion laws. But, you know, it's complicated because I don't think there really is a pro-life movement in Europe. So they've sort of settled on a more moderate stance organically. There are very few religious people in Europe, and that's a big problem. Um, so there isn't that movement, but they are. There are a few things they do better. They have less homicides, um, you know, in, in urban areas and things like that because of our gun culture, which obviously I approve of in, in some ways. The murder part, but <laughs> the gun ownership <laughs> part, uh, and abortion and social policy. 
Um, but some of their social policies, I mean, they do not value life in the same way we do. They do not try to save so why, so, babies in the way we do. So why do they, why are their laws more restrictive than, uh, than ours? Is it just from experience, the genocide that has happened in Europe over and over? Again, I, th- I wouldn't say their, their laws are stricter than ours in many places, not in, in some places, but let's say New York, but they're not, you know, they're still very liberal. They would be considered liberal by any stretch for us, I think. So I just think it's because there's, they, they moderate, I think the pro-life movement drives the progressive left to more extreme and extreme places, just uh. this pushback. Now, you know, it used to be, uh, what was it, safe and legal um, in a rare, safe and legal. And yeah. now it's, you know, celebrated. So I think that that's just because of our political culture in some ways, I hope. Is Europe uh, as divided as we are? I mean, I, I see things like the, I think it was in. Uh, gosh, where was it? Is Switzerland? I can't remember. Um, but just this weekend, they had massive protests out on the streets about vaccines and everything else. Um, and you're seeing these protests. Are they as divided as we are and we're just not seeing it? I'm actually surprised by those those protests in some sense, because in general, I think Europeans are quite docile and pliant people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I say that in the way that I think that their risk takers came here or left or go elsewhere. I, I, so I'll give you a quick example. In Finland, like 91 percent of people are like doing and it doesn't matter wait 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 what what was that stat what was that stat you broke up 91 percent of finnish people are you know have a have a have a positive view of their government Hmm. so you can't have that here because we are diverse and we live in different sorts of places and we do different sorts of things and we have different cultural backgrounds but in scandinavia people are are more more pliant they like their government they don't debate in the way we do and they don't have the sorts of uh um, lines of you know ideological lines that they draw. They also don't have the diversity we have. We are the most diverse country in the world. No one else is in human like history. us. Yeah, in human history, and the scale in which we do it is immense. And I think the European Union was formed and based on the idea of federalism in the United States, but of course they've lost that. It's just centralized, top-down yes. control now. That's what that's what progressives want here. Right. But it it won't work. It can't work when you have a truly diverse nation. David, there's this thing that Bernie Sanders and and the left has done forever, which is like, oh, why don't we just have the health care of Sweden or Denmark or Finland um, (laughs) and apply it that way? And I think a little bit of that actually creeped into the right when it came to the covid stuff, which was basically they just said, well, why don't we just do all the things that Sweden is doing? Um, I mean, is there anything we can learn from these countries that seemingly have some things that they do correctly that we could bring here? Yeah, I think we could have learned from Sweden that we shouldn't shut down our economy because of the pandemic. That would have been a a smart thing. And again, um, I wrote, started writing this book before COVID. The COVID thing actually scared, scared me quite a bit in the way that we had politicians and bureaucracies, especially bureaucracies, mm-hmm. just unilaterally running the country. The bureaucracies run the country. And in Europe, bureaucracies are huge and multi-layered in ways that we can't even imagine. And, uh, you know, listen, the bureau- Donald Trump was elected. The bureaucracy decided they didn't want him to be president. And, you know, and they undermined him every, every step of the way. The CDC decides it's going to run the country. 
um, during COVID. These are scary things because it's not a democratic process, but it's not certainly not a liberal in the good sense process. David, you said uh, you mentioned that Europeans are compliant. What are were you surprised at the COVID reaction of the people in the United States and how much of this people kind of just went along with? Yeah, I think it was scary. It was it was really scary that uh, that a governor in Virginia could shut down the churches and people would be like, okay. I mean, <laughs> I just don't even I don't understand how that can happen here. And you know, how how are we fe- how are you feeling today? Are you more optimistic than you were a year ago? Yeah, I feel better. Um, there was that story. I was just a microcosm of this was that Ruth Marcus, the Washington Post, was in an elevator in Texas, and she told this guy, you know, I think you should be wearing a mask. You know, and the guy said, I don't really care what you think. I think that's like the American credo, right? I don't really care what you think. And that's how we should function. I mean, it sounds selfish, but it's not. It's we, not. And that's another thing, you know, Europeans think we're selfish, but we give around, and you know this, of course, yes. seven times as much per, per capita as Europeans. Yeah. David Hartsani, thank you so much. Senior writer at National Review. His new book is called Euro Trash, Why America Has to Must Reject the Failed Ideas of a Dying Continent. That in of itself is uh, sad and frightening that Europe is dying, but it is. It's true. Back in just a minute. Jetty Cell is the best in skin care. They sold over one million products to women and men, just like you all across the country. Uh, fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, and even those annoying bags and puffiness that you want to just get out of your life you can do that with genucel you haven't taken the time to check out genucel you need to do it today you're going to love the way you look and the way that it makes you feel uh, both my wife and my mom have used genucel products they swear by them uh, and best of all your results are guaranteed in as little as 12 hours or your money back uh, you could take my word for it or you could see the difference for yourself right now the most popular packages at genucel.com are 50 percent off plus right now you can get a surprise luxury gift for free at checkout, go to genucell.com and enter Beck30 at checkout for an extra 30 bucks off. Order today and your order will be upgraded to free priority shipping as well. It's a great gift. It's the best thing you can do for your skin. Go to genucell.com and enter the, uh, the code Beck30, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. The code is Beck30, 10 seconds station ID. I want to uh, play a couple of uh, a couple of sound bites from yesterday. Here is uh, Jen Psaki on Joe Biden and gas prices. Listen to this. Cut five. Would there be a price that gas would have to get that the president would say, "Okay, now's the time to tap the strategic petroleum reserve"? Well, the president reserves a range of options, um, and he is certainly quite mindful of the impact of any increased cost on the American public. There are a range of factors here which we could delve into, but mm-hmm. but I will say that um, on gas prices, one of the one of the issues that, that Jake referenced, and obviously as we have more details on what this may look like, we'll ha- share it with all of you, is being able to rise raise uh, our concern and the president's concern about uh, supply issues as it relates to oil. Uh, And that's something that certainly he can do on the international stage. And uh, there's a power of the president of the United States engaging on that front. We've raised that issue has been raised at Jake's level uh, at a range of levels throughout government. But certainly the supply uh, and uh, and uh, OPEC and putting additional pressure on OPEC is something that. Okay, stop. uh, Why are we why are we having to have pressure on OPEC and why do we care what OPEC does when we have the oil? ourselves we could be energy independent again we were just a few months ago 
Here's a cut for a laid off Keystone worker. On gas prices. Okay, so um, the high cost of oil and gas, the rising prices there, appear to have taken the Biden administration by surprise. Are you surprised by this? Uh, no, ma'am, I'm not surprised at all. Because everything that Biden's touched or done, it's a failure. It ain't nothing but a total failure. We went from America first to America last. And our America last, America was Trump had it going on. The thing about it is we got all these high prices of oil and gas. Whenever we got drilling rigs stacked, we've got rouse about crews ready to go. We've got pipeline contractors with all of their equipment is stacked in the yards. And I can tell you right now, we can put America to work next week if we needed to. But they're not going to. Why? Well, you'll find out on tonight's Wednesday night special only on Blaze TV. And we'll delve into that with uh, with an expert on climate change next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. John lives in Kansas, and a few years ago, a back injury made it so he, you know, he was living every single day with pain. He tried all kinds of things to make it go away or at least dull it down, but nothing worked. And anything that did work made him foggy, and he didn't want to live that way. Thank goodness John listens to the radio. Even more fortunately, has good taste in radio shows. He uh, heard a certain velvet-voiced radio guy who's in the Hall of Fame talk about Relief Factor. <laughs> of course, John was skeptical, but he knew he could trust this man somehow or another. He decided to give it a try. He ordered the three-week quick start, and the radio man turned out to be exactly right. Huh? John felt better than he had not only in years, but he felt better than he had before his injury. That's what he said. He got his life back, and so could you. It's Relief Factor. 70% of people try it. Go on to order more because it works. Try it for 1995, the three-week quick start, and see if it works for you. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Back to back tonight, it's Glenn TV and Stu Does America. Hey, good news. The world is going to Glasgow this weekend. And, uh, and our president is going with the biggest gifts he can find. Uh, and he's going to lead the way on global climate change. And, and uh, we're going to show China just the way they should be, just the way they should behave. Bjorn Lomborg is uh, with us. He is the author of False Alarm. Uh, I believe, aren't you, uh, uh, aren't you in Norway right now? <laughs> yes, Glenn. Hi, how are you doing? Good to, good, to, good to talk to you. I can't imagine what this Likewise. is costing us now i mean what is our carbon footprint on the phone call alone um thank you so much for being being on with us um tell me what you what you know about what's happening in glasgow uh and what biden is bringing Uh, i mean it is it is i think going to bankrupt not only the united states but the entire west yes so, I mean, look, um, uh, the Glasgow meeting is actually called COP26, and the trick is in some way in the name. We've had 25 
previous meetings like this. And every time we've gone to them, we've tried to promise lots of stuff and then ended up not doing most of it because it's phenomenally costly. And so what will likely happen in Glasgow is that all the state leaders will go there, Biden included, they'll promise lots of stuff, but they actually won't deliver on much of it. And the reason is exactly as you say, because doing so is phenomenally successful. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Nature magazine, one of the most reputed magazines in the world, actually just estimated what's the cost of Biden's net zero policy by 2050. Uh, Their model couldn't quite model to get to zero, but it got to 5%, so very close to zero. They found that it would cost each and every American each year by 2050 $11,300. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Not surprisingly, most. Most people are not willing to pay that kind of money. But but we have a president now and an administration that I don't think they believe in global warming. The ESG stuff, it's all scams. Um, but they are looking to transform uh, our economy and beat America down in size uh, and success. And, and, you know, it's like the gas thing. They're, the, the gas prices are not going down. They're going up by design. They don't want us to be on fossil fuel, fuels. Yes, yeah, so there's definitely that. Uh, so if you want to tackle global warming, you need to make fossil fuels more expensive. Now, the theory is, and, and I think a lot in the administration buys into that, that you will actually get phenomenally cheap uh, solar and wind prices but the problem, as we're now seeing in Europe and elsewhere, is what do you do when the wind is not blowing? What do you do when the sun is not shining? It turns out that you're screwed, that you actually need to pay a lot of money to get coal-fired power plants to ramp up again. And that's why this is not the cheap green energy scenario that I think a lot of the Biden administration was hoping for, but more likely the one where you end up paying $11,300 per person per year. Bjorn, when when, um, Nancy Pelosi was over in England uh, about a month or so ago, she said, we know, I mean, this is a quote, we know that China is increasing uh, their persecution of the Uyghurs in concentration camps, but we need to work with them on global warming. Our priorities have to be global warming. I don't think there's a chance in hell that a country that is putting a new coal fire plant online uh, every week is going to get away from coal uh, uh, coal energy um, and dirty uh, energy if they can make it cheap. Um, are the, do you think Nancy Pelosi and others a actually believe that this is more important than concentration camps uh, and b um, do they do they actually believe China is going to follow us? Hmm. I, I, it's hard to uh, you know peer into her mind, uh, but my sense is that a lot of people are genuinely terrified of global warming. So you know, you ask a lot of people, and it turns out that almost half of everyone believes global warming is going to lead to the extinction of mankind. And it's important to be very clear that's simply not what the UN climate panel tells us. Global warming is a problem, yes. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, to take one example, uh, the UN estimates that if we do nothing against global warming, the negative impact will be equivalent to cutting 
2.6% of our GDP by the end of the century. Remember, by then, we'll be 450% as rich as we are today. So we're really talking about, instead of being 450% as rich, we'll only be 434% as rich. That's not a catastrophe. So it's important to get this in context. But I think it's, it's admirable in some sense that, that, uh, that Ms. Pelosi is so honest about this, that if you're so worried about uh, climate change, that you're willing to let the Uyghurs and other problems sort of just pass by, you really need to understand this is a problem. It's not the end of the world. And with China, you're absolutely right. Of course, China is the darling in most of the developing world because they've managed to do what most other developing world countries still haven't done. They've actually gotten rich, mostly off of coal. And uh, they have started to uh, move some of their coal imports from Australia. It, it seems to me that China knows exactly what they're doing, and they are helping uh, cripple the West by playing their game. They're, okay, you want to be uh, emissions uh, zero? Great. We won't buy coal from you anymore. We'll just we'll buy it from this country you know, uh, over here that is, that thinks like we do. Oh, it's, it's definitely very easy to play the West when we're saying it's so important with global warming that we really don't care about anything else. And remember, China, very smartly so, have basically said, we'll do the same thing as you are. We'll promise to do the same thing as you, but slightly later. So, you know, when we actually fail, when the bills start accumulating and nobody wants to pay, they can plausibly say, well, we would have done it, but you know, we're not going to do it if you don't do it. Uh, and the reality is, of course, nobody wants to say, look at America and say, oh, you guys pay $11,300 to go net zero. I want to do that too. Most countries can't even afford that. So the, the reality here is we're not going to solve global warming by simply asking people to be poor and colder. You will solve global warming if you do what's the most American thing of all, namely invest in innovation. If you can innovate the price of green energy down below fossil fuels, everyone will switch, not because right. they're you know, arm twisted in Glasgow, but because it's cheaper. I mean, I have, um, you know, it's taken me three different systems to finally get it in the last 15 years. But I am now on solar panels and battery panels. It costs me a fortune to do it it's not ready for regular people by any stretch of the imagination but it can be done yeah. and and i would highly recommend it if it were affordable but it's not there yet it's just not there yet and on cloudy days i'm living you know if i'm living in seattle i ain't getting that because it's not going to do much good for me no and and of course what you also have to remember is that uh, unless you, you didn't take any advantage, you're probably taking a lot of subsidies that are mostly paid by all the other rate payers. And, of course, you use the, uh, the, uh, uh, the power production system when it's cloudy. So, you know, it's great for people who are basically getting to be virtuous at low cost with other people's money. But it's not a recipe for how we can run an advanced civilization. It can be someday, and we should certainly be investigating that, but it's not there yet. Um, the, the one question I have also is, have you heard anyone make a good case for all of these electric cars by 2030 
Have you made? Have you heard anybody make a good case on where all well, that I've power is coming from? Yes, that, that's a very good question. Nobody really knows. But also, just most people don't want to buy electric cars. Uh, you can obviously subsidize them enormously, and then they will actually pay. Remember, I'm in I'm in Norway right now. The the uh, the center, the epicenter of electric cars. They probably have. Uh, more than 50% of all new sold cars are electric. Wow. But that's basically because they give you a subsidy that's almost equivalent to the entire price of the car. Now, so do you want to buy an expensive <laughs> diesel or gasoline car, or do you not want to pay anything for the other car? You know, you actually have to be surprised that there's still other people picking the gasoline and the diesel car. But that's the source if you need to get far, you can't use an electric car. Electric cars are great for something, but they're not the panacea that they're being sold out. And they're certainly huge costs, uh, a financial cost in the sense that you, know, uh, you subsidize them for, what, five or $10,000, and they deliver fairly small CO2 cuts. So again, it's one of those things that are much more uh, virtue signaling and a little bit of the taste of the future. But we need much better cars, and we honestly need to realize it's going to be part of the solution, but it's not going to be that everybody's going to be driving electric cars. We are uh, we're entering a time to where I think time is running out and it's not running out on the planet. It's running out uh, on this trap of of global warming solutions uh, with with the uh, World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and all of this stuff. Are, are you are you optimistic that these lies fall apart before we're completely screwed as a Western civilization financially or not? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see exactly when they'll fall apart. I think once the cost starts actually arriving, remember, global warming was great for politicians for the last 30 years because they basically got to say, the world is failing, but I will save you, and somebody will pay in the future. That's a great setup for a politician. But now they actually have to say, and I have to pay right now. And that's, of course, why they get booted out of office. I think that there's a good chance we're going to waste a lot of trillions of dollars on this. But we're not going to be screwed in that sense. We'll, we'll still remain our remain reasonably safe and say, sure, global warming is a problem. Let's fix it smartly. Let's invest a lot more in research and development so we actually get smart innovations. But we're going to say no to $11,300, and we're going to say no way before it gets that expensive. So it'll have been a, an expensive excursion, but we're not mm. going to emasculate ourselves, I hope. I hope not to uh, as well. Bjorn Lomborg, thank you so much. Author of False Alarm uh, and uh, president of the Copenhagen Consensus uh, Center. Always good to have you on. Uh, tonight, don't forget, we have a uh, Wednesday night special. This is the topic, President Biden's radical climate agenda, what's already in place, what's being put in place, and what is coming soon. Uh, it is Build Back Bankrupt. How Biden's climate agenda will finally ruin you. That's tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern on BlazeTV.com and Blaze TV YouTube. Don't miss it. If, uh, if you are worried about the economy, please, please listen and, uh, and ask for information. You're smart enough to figure out what's true and what's not. You have to hand it to the Biden administration. Go big or go home. Uh, I mean, I think that's I mean, that is that was invented 
for for these uh, people, I think. They are printing money like it's going out of style, and it probably is going out of style. And they're not spending your tax dollars at this point. They are spending your grandchildren's tax dollars. Uh, I don't know if the ship can be righted. I don't think it can be myself. The dollar is a thing of the past. It's only a matter of time. It is also only a matter of time before we hit inflation that will make your eyes bleed. Uh, I hope that's when we all wake up, but who knows? Goldline is there to help protect you against uh, dollar collapse and against inflation. This week, they're offering the free platinum special. They, this is the last week. They only have a few of them uh, left. Get your financial house in order now. Goldline is giving away at no cost a one-tenth ounce platinum coin with qualifying order of graded $5 gold Indians. They've never given platinum away, platinum away because of its price and demand, but they are this week, this week only, 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. A couple of things uh, that we may have missed. First of all, Stu is uh, back from vacation. I missed you, Stu. Uh, the story that you think I probably missed because you weren't here. <laughs> Do you have uh, one? Well, the World Series is going on. You may I didn't know even that. know okay, that. Okay. I didn't know that. The reason why it will be interesting to you is not because of the baseball being played, but because... The if you remember just a few months ago, they pulled the all star game out of Atlanta. Right. Because of all the racist voting laws Correct. that were occurring there. A nonsensical policy that they basically have admitted they were just running from the controversy and they didn't believe this Correct. was a sensible move. Correct. So baseball has its way of being baseball and just doing things that just make life interesting. And so the World Series matchup is Atlanta <laughs> versus <laughs> Houston. Oh my gosh. So now this commissioner that oh, canceled. Oh, there is a God. <laughs> there is it, a right? God. Intelligent design is yeah. here. So they've proved it basically because now this commissioner, Manfred, who, who's the guy who is responsible for this, has to bounce back and forth between the two states who are most centrally talked about in the voting rights controversy, Georgia and Texas, and then has to give out the trophy in one of these two places where he will be mercilessly booed for uh his oh, stance fantastic. especially in atlanta where you know again obviously half the fans there that go to these games are not conservative even the workers aren't necessarily conservative although the braves did at the time call out the league and say this is ridiculous i mean you can't you're just pulling this out of our city because uh, we didn't pass the law even we agree with it or not it wasn't us who passed it uh, the state passed it. We just happen to be in the state. They, they remove it. And now they have to go to a place where not only do they have to deal with the voting rights thing, but a, sta- a, a, a team that has the tomahawk chop in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just glorious. If you don't, even if you don't like baseball, just to watch this guy squirm in his seat, it's worth watching. We'll see you uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Uh, how Biden's climate change plans will break your budget. Tonight, 9 o'clock, don't miss it. This is the Glenn Beck Program.